turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. And welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro. My name is Baron Wiley, and we thank you for listening. Uh, Pastor Sean, I always like to check in with you. Mm. How's your heart and soul today, sir? Heart and soul is good. <laughs> yeah? Really good. If I had a piano, I would play heart and soul just to show you Can you how do that? healthy... Of course. I can only do the knuckle song there on the minor keys there. Yeah, right? well, <laughs> I'm certain it's inspiring, though, nonetheless. I know you to be a guitar player, a great guitar player. I, I do play you, guitar. You, uh, what would you learn first, guitar or piano? Uh, that's interesting, because they really, uh, probably guitar, I just started messing around a little bit. Then I took piano lessons, learned to play piano, and then I went back to guitar, and I understood it better because of the keyboard and because of piano. Did you have a taste for it before you started? Was like it born in you? Like, I don't know how that I'm good at this. Or did you have to, was the first piano lessons miserable like every kid's? Yeah, I love music. Yeah. So with piano, for example, you know, you're just playing these little songs and I'm teaching to play them. The worst thing that happened is my teacher at one point, just because she saw I like to dink around and hear music, uh-huh. showed me just this little boogie rhythm with my left hand and this little kind of okay. thing. It was, that was it. It was done. Because uh-huh. from there, I started adapting and just kind of, I started going and growing and, and it's like, that's not what I want you studying. So you shouldn't have taught me this. <laughs> so then, then going into blues and it's yeah. just, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, there's two kind of approaches to music. There's reproducing music. And often the educational model is teaching you how to reproduce music. And then there's the creative, more making music. That's unfair to say the education model isn't, sure. you know, but there's so much structure and kind of rote that you're doing in the educational model. The creative aspect of the creative side of music is more the, the how to make music, how to create new music. And they're very different, very different ways of thinking, very different types of people gravitate to each. So, Any other instruments in your uh, arsenal there? You do I play. play guitar, piano. I play some harmonicas, I can play some penny whistles and, you know, some recorder. <laughs> What is it? Hot cross buns or <laughs> something? One, Isn't that the right, song? That's the one. We all know it. Good. That's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Penny whistle's different. I mean, yeah, penny yeah. whistle. You put some reverb on it, put it in the background, turns anything into this beautiful Irish, Irish ballad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, drums? Are you a drummer? No, and I wish I were. I uh, wish I would have. T- Learned to play drums. Like I started my son Ryan on guitar very early, but he was too little; his hands weren't uh-huh. quite ready. So I got him on drums. And it was so good for him. I love drums. But we know uh, they're not real musicians, though, right? Is that the deal? <laughs> what do you call a guy who hangs around with musicians? Yeah, the, the a drummer. drummer. <laughs> yeah, classic. There's a whole bunch of those. We need oh, to... yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, we're not here to roast drummers here. No, we're not. That's just a wonderful side benefit. We're here to celebrate something good because, Pastor Sean, last time I checked, Easter is coming. It is. Mm. Do you have anything? It's Friday, to... but Sunday's What's coming. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, we're going to have Easter in the amphitheater, which is really, for us, it's a huge community event. We love inviting the whole community. It's River City Community Church is working with the Real Life Amphitheater and putting just this community event. 
And so that is uh, Easter Sunday, and it's going to be a great, great time. You can go to reallife.org slash Easter to find out more. Um, it is a it is a wonderful, wonderful celebration. Of course. And we share the gospel. We worship together. Um, it's a great way for us to meet our community we really just we, we love it. Uh, our Spanish congregation oh, will yeah. be participating with us, so we do translation for Spanish speakers. It's going to be a great, great event. So bring Tio there and uh, your unsaved family for sure. Right? Yeah, everybody. It's just a. It is a wonderful Eastern the Amphitheater, ten a.m. April 9th, it's going to be an incredible weekend. Well, coming up before that, as we just passed, respectfully, Trove Tuesday, Ash Wednesday, yada, yada. Uh, another very important uh, holiday is coming up this uh, weekend, Pastor Sean. Do you know what that is? Holiday? I, I don't. What, what is well, this weekend? It's called, it, it's a called uh, a holy day. day. There's a holy day? No, it's daylight savings, Pastor Sean. Oh. Did you move your, are you going to, what do you do? What's the policy there? Did you move your clocks? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what are you, 90? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Baron. I, I go and I get the oh, clock. Right. Well, actually, I just take the I take the sand the sand uh, <laughs> turn it upside <laughs> yeah, down. And just that's that's all I do. Uh, no, your that's watch right. does all that for you. You know, you just set your alarm and you, with Apple products and electronics now, man. You you don't have that big clock in your kitchen. I there? do. I, all the stove. Yeah. You know, the stove and <laughs> yeah. the microwave. You got to fix all those. Right. But but as far as your personal time, it's not like you before you go to bed set that. It all happens. All right. Uh, and this is the bad one. I don't like this one. Yeah, it's a leap Spring forward. forward, you lose an hour. The older I get, I, I, I know most of our listeners are probably teens and 20s. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, our, our core demographic. Our core demographic. Uh, but w- as we get older, it's like it gets, this gets harder. The adjustment gets harder. I hear you. It's just true. So do you uh, work with that or do you stick to the hard clock when it comes to church on Sunday? Is, well, is the time's the same? Yeah. Really? Yeah, All right. Of course. Wow. You think we're going to change it? Sure. Wow. What other areas of sin do you compromise with? <laughs> Father, forgive me. <laughs> no, no, we I don't do. change. I mean, it, it is what it is. School okay. does. Everybody does the same thing. School stores will open at the same time. So it's right. just like, you know, for a week or so, you got to suck it up. You're maybe a little more tired or whatever, but we'll, we'll be good to go. Good, good, good. I thought maybe if you adjust it, then that'll freak out the Baptists who are, you know, getting to the restaurants there before you, whatever, you know, and you, you <laughs> try to, we sleep. always try to get the edge on the Baptists. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or whatever. Oh, that's cool. By the way, the last question here before we move on to today's topic there, uh, in the neighborhood of River City Community Church, what mm. are the, what are the go-to church restaurants on uh, Sunday? Oh man, there's some cool little places over in Cibolo, like Rooted Fork that, that, that Oh, is it Catalano's? Am I saying it right? Italian food? Yeah, good. They, they got a good food there. They got a bar, barbecue place there. Uh, of course, you have Chewy's for Mexican food. Uh, a lot of people like to go to Cheddar's. You oh, know, yeah. that, that's a get big place. Get those rolls so, there. What yeah. do they call those things there? I, I don't know. know. All right. I don't get those. Those, those are <laughs> sinful. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have those either. <laughs> well, that's cool. I'm trying to keep the fatness at bay. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy Fat Tuesday to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Well, again, thank, we thank you for listening there. Uh, Sean, uh, it just seems like as we ugh, every day we read the headlines, just, yeah. it just seems like something's new every day, and it makes this human being going, Lord, what's going on? You know, should I prepare for another recession? Uh, right. I, I've got teenage daughters who are stressed out themselves in their college world that they're in. Everybody's got something, Pastor Sean. Yeah. And one of the things that's interesting, the, the actual, more than just concerned, there are people all over who would say, 
I struggle with anxiety. That's right. Uh, I remember a conversation I had with, this was a couple of years ago, but it was with, it was with my kids and a couple other young adults their age. So at the time, this, this was actually a few years back. They, they were, um, maybe this four or five years ago, they were, you know, mid twenties, whatever, um, or, or early twenties. We were just talking about anxiety and, and like I brought up the idea of a phone call. I pick up the phone. Nobody wants to talk on the phone. It's like, to get, no, no. With us, you text us. Because when someone's calling you, it, I feel anxious. What? Why, why are they calling me? Yeah. Why are they, it's like, it, it's me. I'm your dad. Yeah, but what does he want? What, what's, or why is someone calling me? They want to text. And, and the issue was anxiety. I remember uh, Ryan and I were at was, um, Schlitterbahn. Our whole family was there and we were going through and we had already gone through this long line of security. They check your bags, the whole thing. Oh God, that's what's going on. And so we went in and then Ryan and I had to run back out and get some for one of the kids in the car. So we ran back out the car. And so now it's like, oh, we got to go through this whole line. We didn't even have our bags or anything. They're all in with the family. And I noticed that they've got this spot where the planters are separated. And I go, oh, look, the Lord hath provided. (laughs) And I walk and I walk through and Ryan goes through. And our response is, I'm fired up and going, cool, we didn't have to go through that big long line again. Ryan is like, man, are they taking, are they taking security seriously? Uh. This, this isn't. And it was just, it, for us, it was an interesting conversation because it's like the difference in our generations mm. and how much pressure this generation with technology, yes. with communication, every single problem in the world is brought to us by our phones in our pockets. Yeah. And so the anxiety and the stress, so many of these young uh, at the time, they were young millennials, and their comment was most of our friends or many of our friends struggle with some type of anxiety or depression. You know, according to psychology today, the chances are fairly high. I'm, I'm reading from an article. The chances are fairly high that either you or a loved one has had a history of anxiety. In any given year, 17% of us will have an anxiety disorder. And over our lives, about 28% of us will have an anxiety disorder. So it's beyond just feeling a little anxious. It's an actual disorder. And if you have one anxiety disorder, then you probably have two or three, Mm. possibly depression. Most common anxiety disorders are panic disorder, social anxiety disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, specific phobias. 49% of the general population has a history of anxiety or depression, substance abuse, or some type a combination of all three major problems and it's just on the increase i would dare say i never heard any of these words before the 21st century yeah maybe yeah. you know depression yes anxiety yes biblically speaking yeah but, i mean all the the the, the, the these phobias this panic disorder the ocd yep. all that stuff there what changed pastor sean do you think well there, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons i mean we all know the pandemic took sure. these reasons and Amp them up unbelievably. Here's a few reasons I think that more and more people struggle with anxiety. I think increased isolation. Mm. You know, uh, by the nature of our culture, we move more. We change jobs. Less civic involvement. Less people with church involvement. Mm. They get married later. They live alone. Uh, The pandemic changed everything. Do you know how many people there are who who now they they go to church online, okay, because they just got out of the habit. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, or they're they're still afraid. You know, we pumped fear, and it was one of the biggest mistakes. I believe it's one of the biggest public health blunders in history. What we did with COVID, the way we handled that, rather than just dealing with those who are most vulnerable and what riding through this and kind of ma- maintaining some sense of normalcy, isolating people, the mass, the whole thing, horrible, horrible mistake. Right. And now we know because we know the places that didn't do that 
had no worse results as far as the actual COVID Mm -hmm. and far better results as far as the economy, as far as mental health, all the other things. But so isolation is one of the primary reasons or one of the at least. And and the question is, okay, does isolation cause anxiety or what some people because of anxiety, they they often say, I just want to be alone. Mm. And so it feeds itself. Well, we have this pandemic. It changed the game. Now you got people working from home. You got people not going to church. You got people shopping from home. We've got Amazon. We've got all the different sites where we shop. And it's like people are becoming deeply isolated. Yeah. They, not only do they work from home, but you used to work for the same company. So, so you'd spend a lot of your career for the same company. So you had community there. Mm-hmm. Friends, your retirement party. And think about the retirement party. It was a big deal. And it was sad. These friends who you'd spend so much time with. Those kind of things are, are exactly they're in the past. Yeah. We don't we don't do that. You know, another reason I think people are so anxious is think about news. True. All right. Understand something about news. Bad news is sells. Mm-hmm. Good news is like, okay, who cares? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything we see, but the vast majority of what we see on our phones or what we see on our feeds is bad news. Right. And because of technology, all the bad news in the world is in our pocket or in our hand or on our screen in front of us. All at the same time. Just think about that. We hear of a disaster happening halfway around the world, and we read the blow by blow. We see the interviews with the people. All this compassion, all this emotional, we want to see resolved. And that's a natural human response. We're just not meant to handle that much of it. Mm. Our own relational circle has probably plenty of stuff that we got to walk through and handle. But then you expand it to the whole world, and it's like, no wonder people are struggling with anxiety and depression. I think stress. I think stress is one of those things that we live under a constant, and, and I like to think in terms of you think of low-grade fever. Okay. It's not a big fever, but it's a low-grade fever, low-grade stress. It's almost like a low hum in the background. You know, you, you ever just like talk to people and it's like, you ever been in just a hurry? And I realize I don't really have any, to be anywhere. Mm-hmm. But come on, let's get going. Let's get going. You know, you ask someone how they're doing. Hey, how you doing? I'm busy. It's like, why are you That's out of breath? It's like a badge of honor nowadays, though. Exactly. Oh, I'm so busy. You have no idea how busy I am. Oh, and and it's like, wait a minute, you're sitting on the couch and you've been here for 20 minutes. Why are you out of breath all of a sudden? <laughs> oh, because I'm busy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it really is. It's like a culture of just this pace mm-hmm. and stress yeah. and hurry. And so a lot of people are really struggling mm-hmm. with anxiety because of those things. Yeah. I'm dealing with that with myself. I feel like I'm pretty darn busy and uh, but it's just kind of what we do and the, the, the thing that this generation's also doing is the, is the is the coming up with the side hustle they've got two oh, yeah. or three jobs and they're ubering you right. know and they're right. door dashing yep so they're working like crazy that doesn't help right yeah no of course not I, you know and i think the economy the economics of things have changed sometimes people are doing all the different side hustles because they they want to they want they, they want to be working for themselves they don't want to be working for anybody else mm-hmm. and they just don't realize the stuff they're stacking and the uncertainty that they're creating. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a side hustle. I'm not saying any of that's bad in and of itself. Right. But you, you've got to have a sense of monitoring your where, where are you in regards to st- your stress level. Mm. Philippians 4, 4 through 9, a very classic. classic past scripture. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And then Paul says this, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then it says this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
this idea, and, and some people right away, if you've been kind of in clinical settings, this idea, do not be anxious about anything. Well, I can't help it. It's a disorder. Well, okay. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to I wanna ask you to, for a moment, suspend some of that, okay? Because we're going to address that. Okay. But for a moment, suspend that and just know God wor- wouldn't put it in his word if, if it was impossible. Good. If it was impossible for you to make a choice. Because he, what he talks about is he said, do not be anxious about anything, and he gives you an alternative, mm-hmm. okay? Instead of, and I don't know that he's even talking about how you feel. I don't, he intentionally doesn't say do not feel anxious, but do not be anxious about anything. Mm. But in every situation, instead, prayer. Mm-hmm. And you realize, the minute I start to pray, my mind begins to change because I remember God. Oh, yeah. The Holy Spirit inside of me begins to... It, begins to again speak because I'm, I'm, I stop screaming my anxiety, my fear, and my, my opposition, and the spirit begins to speak. Mm. In every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Oh, yes. thanksgiving. Get your praise on a little bit, huh? Yeah, thanksgiving, man. The minute I begin to praise the Lord uh-huh. and I remember his blessings, it's like, oh, it doesn't mean my, I don't have legitimate problems. It doesn't mean there aren't real things. It just means I remember, oh, but they don't get the final word. God is present. He is real. And then it says, present your request to God, which is very proactive. Anxiety is not proactive. Mm -hmm. Okay. Being anxious, worrying, fretting, but presenting my request to God, that's proactive. God, Mm -hmm. you know what I need. Father, you know this situation. You know my financial needs. You know what's going on in our marriage. You know what's happening with my work, whatever it is. And, And then it says this, and this is what's interesting, and I want you to hear this. When you do this, he says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Have to think about that. It guards. What does it guard against? Anxiety, fear, mistakes, my own kind of running list in my head. Mm-hmm. His peace settles that comes from within because it's a fruit of the Spirit. And it begins to guard my heart and mind. That's a powerful gift. Yeah, I love how you kind of give a, a little checklist of things to do. And that first word in that passage you just read was rejoice. That's where it kind of starts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and again, remember, joy, peace, they come from inside. They're not about circumstances around yeah. you. So there really is this area where we can do that. Now, now I do want to address, and I, I said we would mention this, um, and there's a great resource I want to recommend. If you okay. struggle with anxiety... I want you to check out a book. It's by J.P. Moreland. J.P. Moreland is a, the mm-hmm. distinguished professor of philosophy at Talbot School of Theology at Biola University. J.P. Moreland is a well-respected author, speaker, thought leader, and he struggled with serious anxiety. Mm. And he, in the way of a true learner, in the tra- way of a true disciple and an academic, when he struggled with crippling anxiety, he attacked it. And he learned everything about it. And he wrote a fantastic book. I just can't recommend it highly enough. I did a series on this subject. I called it Peace in an Anxious World years ago. And his book was a major resource. And it helped so many people. The book is called Finding Peace. And it's by J.P. Moreland. And he tells his story you know, about anxiety. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the physiological things. His family, he comes from a long line of people who struggle with anxiety. Is it possible? That because I think sometimes we get we can over spiritualize and go, well, if you feel that, then you're just not very spiritual and you just need to pray more. And and what I want to say is, while I do believe God always responds to prayer and I do believe that so much of what we wrestle with is is simply a matter of slowing down, putting our hearts and our minds on him and and then not responding in fear. Mm -hmm. I also believe there are people who, who just physiologically 
are more susceptible. And there, there are issues and because of background, because of other things that they really, there are benefits in some Christ-centered, Christian-based therapy, even in for, for a time, maybe some uh, prescriptions, some medications to help you deal with the physiological issues. Yeah. I think his, this book is a fantastic resource and I recommend it highly, Finding Peace by J.P. Moreland, because he very honestly, and he is a mature believer, and he talks about the surprise, talks about the guilt and all the different things. And if you are struggling with anxiety and you know you, you, you go, I've prayed, I've, I'm in a community group with other believers, I'm, I'm trusting Jesus, but I still wrestle with this, uh, I recommend his, his work. Because he, again, was so thorough. So it's a very readable, engaging book, but he did an incredible amount of study and resource. And you, you'll learn a whole lot about this issue and how to approach it as a person of faith, mm-hmm. but taking advantage of the resources available. You know, if you have high blood pressure, you don't worry. You don't say, well, I'm not a person of faith if I take high blood pressure medicine, right? Right. Well, yeah, if you belong to a cult that believes in that, sure. <laughs> well, well, yeah. You, I mean, they're, they're, but that's a cult, right? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with saying physiologically I've gotten older and, you know, I struggle with a little high blood pressure, so my doctor gives me some stuff and it keeps it in line. And nobody sits and goes, you have no faith, yeah. you know? Well, but we do this to people sometimes who struggle with anxiety or depression or things like that. Oh, I, I would always look for a Christ-centered Bible-believing, faith-filled therapist. If you're going to go talk to someone like that, who can help you walk through that process? Sean, this might be a topic for another show because, believe it or not, we're almost out of time here. Uh, but <laughs> Exactly. But anxiety, as it is connected to depression, across the country, many of today's pastors in America deal with depression yeah. themselves. That's a tough gig. It's a very lonely job. They say dentists. There's a high suicide rate for dentists because everybody hates the dentist. <laughs> You know, I'm getting angry right now thinking about exactly. it. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> but being a pastor is a different level. One, you've got a huge responsibility because you're teaching the gospel, as the Bible says. Yeah, and then you got people who say, "I don't like you. I don't like what you said." Whatever. Right. It's easy to say, "Be anxious for nothing" and preach it. Right. But so help me, this might be a, again another topic for another time. But good Lord, we need to pray for our pastors today. Yeah. Across this country. Because the the pandemic was very hard on every church in America. Yeah. I appreciate that, Baron. I appreciate you being sensitive to that because it's true. Um, and I just want to encourage you if you're part of a church, um, mm-hmm. are you encouraging and supporting your pastor? Mm-hmm. Because it really is a different kind of lonely. And people don't understand. And, and here's the thing I want to say. I think pastors sometimes don't understand. And, and I want to suggest that we pastors can sometimes approach this thing really harmful way. Mm. And one of those things is we kind of say, okay, I've got to be the example. I can't be authentic and honest with people. One of the best things you can do is make sure you have, as a pastor, make sure you have a good group of believers around you who you can just be right. a regular guy, regular girl with. You, you, don't, you don't have to be the authority all the time. You don't have to be on the platform. You don't have to pretend you're something you're not. Just be a follower of Jesus. Right. Be part of the community. I, I can't stress that enough. That's one thing from the very beginning, Lori and I committed that for, for us, for our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just said, we're just going to be part of the community. Yeah. We're the leaders. We're, we founded the church. We're going to lead, but we're going to lead from a position of fellowship. I met this morning, six thirty AM. I meet every Tuesday morning with our elders mm-hmm. and these guys, this isn't just a board. These are brothers. Yes. And we're praying together. If I were walking through something, they're the first guys I want to talk to about it. If I have a tough issue, I'm not going to face it alone. Good. We, we have a plurality of elders who give leadership to the church and this whole ministry out here. And 
that just takes so much pressure off of me. You know, pastors, make sure you have friends, just people who you're just you. You know, I know it feels good sometimes have people go, oh, pastor, I just love what you shared, and it's so wonderful. And that's great. And Take encouragement and receive it. That's great. But you need some people who are just, you know, are not afraid to sit and go, hey, that was all right. It didn't suck. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it it did. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) You know, you need people in your life who just, you're just you Mm -hmm. when they don't take you more seriously. And, and, and again, they should take your calling seriously and respect, be respectful of you as a person. But when you're just you, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, there's no, I, I'm just a brother. And you're always a Christian. You're always a brother. Right? right? You're always a sister. But in, around these people, I'm just, I can just be me. And that is so critical. Pastors, if you're struggling, because remember, one of the big things we talked about and one of the big reasons for anxiety is isolation, mm-hmm. and pastors can isolate yeah. ourselves. And, and it's not just I, pastors. I think if you lead a business, you can isolate it's, yourself. It's lonely at the top is the expression. Yes. So do not give in to isolation and loneliness. Be in community. And if you're a pastor and you go, at my church, it just can't happen. It just can't happen. Okay. I heard Gordon McDonald talk about it years ago. Get a group of believers around you. Uh, uh, people, maybe if they're outside your church, other pastors or just friends, just people who you can just be friends with in life. We've got several couples that we just do life with and we're friends with and we will be, it has nothing to do with me being their pastor. It has nothing to do with anything, but just we're Christians, we're friends, we love each other. Our kids have grown up together and it's, that's a key element. And just being able to not have to be alone. Isolation is a major cause and it's, you can do something about isolation. That's what the church is all about, man. Yeah. Good, good, good word, Pastor Sean. I thank you for sharing that today. And again, if you missed any part of this conversation here on the radio, well, you can find the podcast at reachingforreallife.org. The church, of course, is reallife.org. We're talking about River City Community Church uh, right here on Lookout Road in San Antonio, Texas. And Selma Shirts, actually, just north of town, up 35 behind Rotama Park. Service times are 930 and 1130 this Sunday, which is not changing. you got to show up at 930 this (laughs) 9.30, yes. To kill Come you? Come on. Jesus took a cross for you. Get to church. Please. <laughs> oh, You're crying about 9.30 in the morning? Well, it's 8.30, you know, in some countries. Oh, no, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, that's cool, man. Pastor Sean, God bless you. Have a great week, my friend. Hey, thanks, man. And again, you can get this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Spotify, Apple, you know, Amazon. Go- Amazon, Google. Where it, it, This podcast is available everywhere. Um, share it with your friends. Yeah. Because I, we want to be an encouragement. We, uh, we want to just look at it, uh, things in life through the lens of the scripture and of an amazing faith and an amazing God. Uh, again, thanks for listening. God bless. Have a great week.